Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 249 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam, and I'm joined by Jill. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. We're in the middle of a week of sales training here at Overdrive, which we don't, neither of us do anymore, but our sales and marketing team synergize together, so we are a part of it. So it's making for a wonky week here. It is making for a wonky week. Um, Just watched some highly enjoyable acting by our sales managers, where they did a wonderful job portraying some ways not to interact with people. (laughs) Yes. Which was good That about sums it up. Which was good stuff. Um, Also, guys, I'm over summer. It's so hot and muggy. It's not even that hot anymore. I know, but it's the... I Yeah. Okay. Addendum amendment. It's... The mugginess. That's fair. Hey, I walk outside and I'm just like, I'm always damp. <laughs> Whether it's like sweat or just the earth. <laughs> it's like, ugh, I'm over it. Um, but yeah, uh, do you want to tell everyone what you did today? Yeah. So um, I was joined by Emma and Megan. We haven't had them on in a while. And we did an episode that is basically Sharp Objects. Readalikes. You know, the TV show is going on HBO right now. Um, We all read those sort of suspense and thriller books and wanted to offer up some recommendations that we hadn't talked about previously on the show. Have you watched any of the show yet? I love the show. It's so good. Um, Actually, I have a funny story about this. I am, like, comically bad at watching television. Um, I watch a lot of Cleveland sports, but more often than not, like, my wife loves binge-watching shows on Netflix or Hulu or, you know insert place here and we'll find shows all the time that we want to watch together and more often than not she'll just end up watching it like without me because i'll like want to watch one episode and then i'll just get antsy i want to like walk the dogs i'll just start reading or something and so um two weeks ago i think was when sharp objects first came out and it was like a friday night and i was like okay pick whatever you want to watch and i'll watch it with you she's like well i want to watch the sharp objects she's like but you're not going to want to watch more than one episode i was like no let's do it it's friday night got nothing going on so we watched the first episode, and I loved it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go make us a drink, fire up the next episode, because in my mind, you know, I have, like, that binge mode. Like, everything can be binged now. And she's like, no, it's an HBO show. It's, like, standard. It comes out once a week. And I pouted like a child. Like, <laughs> I was like, what do you mean I can't watch more than one episode at a time? So my brain has been so conditioned, thanks to, like, the way Hulu does stuff. Like, Castle Rock came out today. That new Stephen King show that's going to be on I Hulu think. does weekly episodes too. I know, but they did they, they did the oh. first three they did the first three <laughs> oh, episodes. They, yes, Hulu does that, which is huge. Very excited about that. So I know that's on my list of things to watch. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> Wait, you mean a Stephen King original story told in his his universe? Of course, Jill would be on that. I'm very excited as well. Um, so yeah, our, uh, have you, you read the book? Which one? Sharp Objects. There's I no have, Castle Rock book. Yeah, as soon as Adam. I said it, I was like, wait, which Stephen Sharp King objects. book? Um, I have not read the book. My wife is currently reading it in a race to finish uh, reading it before watching it. Um, before watching the rest of it, rather. But I haven't. I haven't actually read any of her books. I haven't read Gone Girl as well. Um, and doesn't, I think she has one more. Dark Places, which Thank is my you. favorite. Yeah. Well, that's why, as much as I'm enjoying the show, these books... When we decided we wanted to do this episode, I was like, this is more of a Jill, Emma, et al. conversation. It was mostly Megan and Emma, but I, vol- I volunteered some books. <laughs> well, they haven't been on in a while either. They've not been on in a while. So, yeah. So, I think they they all, uh, they both had uh, a long list of, mm-hmm. of 
those types of books. Yeah. High high suspense mm-hmm. type things. Yeah, it's a lot of like family secrets and mother daughter relationships and that sort of thing. It's not even that I'm not that I'm opposed to them because I'm not. I think it's just more so. There's so many books on my TBR list that every time I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go search for something. One of my holds shows up, and I'm like, well, I did place that on hold. I should read that. So, like the R.L. Stein one that I have that just I'm just started reading, which is like, like scary, uh, scream and scream again. Like oh the, right, we talked about that on yeah. Like it's like R.L. Stein and a bunch of other authors writing like YA horror book or YA horror stories. I'm like, well, I got to read that now. It just came out. So, um, did you tell people where they can get a hold of us if they want to? No, but you can. All right, I will. Uh, you can go to professionalbooktunes.com. That's where our website is. And then you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ProBookNerds. You can shoot us an email at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. And if you visit ProfessionalBookNerds.com, there's a link to our Viber reading community, which continues to be awesome and continues to grow, and I love it very much. So thank you to everyone who is in there. And if you're not, please join. So anything else you think people should know about? I think that's it. Okay. Oh, hey, thanks for supporting your libraries, everybody on social media this week. That was fun to see. I'll leave yes. It, I'll leave it at that. Um, okay, well, I hope you guys enjoy this very Sharp Objects-specific episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast. Hi, everyone. This is Jill, and with me today, I have Emma and Megan. Hi. Hello. Hello. That was like right in sync. We do this a lot. We now. did that yesterday. We said hi the exact time in the exact pitch. And it was not a normal hi. No. But, so, you know, we spend a lot of time together too much. at the office. <laughs> that happens. Um, so, we are here with some um, sharp objects, read alikes. Are you guys watching the show? No. Only because I'm waiting until it's over. That's fair. That's fair. To hopefully binge all at once. Yeah. No, only because I don't have HBO. Oh. And my cable company knows this, and they don't let me use (laughs) anyone else's login when I'm in my house. I've never heard of that. It's crazy. Like, they've got me on lockdown. So uh, I will watch next time I travel, which should be in a – Two weeks. In a couple weeks. Yeah. I admit I use my parents. Oh, yeah. To watch HBO. Yes. That, I've never heard of that. Yeah. I can watch company. it on, like, my laptop if I'm not at home. At home. Weird. Wow. It's, like, blocked, the IP. They're like, nope. We we know what you're paying for, and this isn't one of the things. That's intense. Jerks. Is, yeah. I mean, I, the show looks incredible. It's really good. I just good. haven't hopped on the bandwagon yet. Yeah, it's really good. It's a good adaptation. Well, and um, Amy Adams is wonderful. She's so good. She's so good. So, yeah, so we're here with some um, read-alikes of suspense and thriller and all that fun stuff. So, how do we want to start talking about creepy messed up books? Yeah. <laughs> Our My wheelhouse. favorite kind. Um, I'm going to dive right in and just talk about... Uh, a book I read recently, it comes out in August, so you don't have too long to wait. It is the new Karen Slaughter. Whoop. 
um, pieces of her, mostly because this book goes back and forth between a mother and a daughter. And I feel like the mother-daughter relationships are obviously at the core of Sharp Objects. Um, So in the Karen Slaughter book, basically the premise of this story is a daughter, Andy, learns a lot of things she did not know about her mother, Laura. And so it it shifts in perspective um, from Andy in present day and then her mother in the past and all of the pieces of, of this kind of trauma come to light um, and in typical Karen Slaughter fashion the story starts with a really violent terrible event um, to kind of kick us off and set things in motion so I would really recommend that really really good and the tension and figuring out like can you really know what your parents were like before you were on the scene Right? they could be very different people you know back in the day than they are now <laughs> That was weird. No, you're totally different before you, you yeah, know, have kids true. on the scene. And like Karen Slaughter in general is a good part. If you can handle, yeah, sharp objects, yeah, yeah, because like I feel like this entire webinars webinar, <laughs> this entire <laughs> podcast is a trigger warning. Yeah, right? like so, yeah. If you can stomach that, if you can stomach reading sharp objects, you should be okay with Karen Slaughter. Because she just goes from, like, up to 11 in, like, a few pages. Yeah. Yeah. And and basically, a lot of her last standalones, and I know you guys can back this up because you've read them, but Pretty Girls and The Good Daughter are, again, kind of about that tense family dynamic. You've got sisters, mother-daughter, that I think would be really good recommendations for people that enjoyed sharp objects. And they do, like come right out of the gate and just yeah they do very intense um i recently read an advanced reader copy of um when the lights go out by mary kubica sorry i got like distracted there for a minute um which is also about a mother-daughter relationship in that um jesse's mom is in uh like hospice basically Mm -hmm. and is like right near at the end of her life and then um jesse was raised alone like no siblings her dad's not in the picture and then her mom dies early um or she yeah her mom dies and then she jesse gets really bad insomnia and doesn't sleep for like 10 days Mm. (laughs) and is having hallucinations and um thinks there's like people after her and she starts finding out again information like mm-hmm. about her mom um and yeah it was really intense and like all of mary kubica's books you like sort of think yeah. you have a handle on what's happening and then, and then they, you have no idea yeah well, and mary kubica is good at this too is the dynamics between not always mother daughter but you know mother-daughter siblings or like surrogate mom type of figures yes so i feel like those are good you know pretty baby would be good um for that mother-daughter dynamic and honestly so would the good girl yeah kind of the twisted family plot that comes to light at the end right i thought that was yeah because i think that's a lot of what sharp objects is is Mm -hmm. family dynamics twisty 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 family (laughs) dynamics in like small town America. Yep. 
um, which I, ugh, that kind of gritty, I don't know, when I read Sharp Objects, it kind of felt grimy. I don't know, because you can kind of, like, feel the atmosphere of this town that she's in, where it's just kind of grungy and dark. Yeah, it is. It's not pretty. I mean, this book isn't technically a, well, it's going to be a read-alike, because I'm calling it a read-alike, but kind of that (laughs) same vibe where you just kind of feel a little bit dirty when you're reading it, like it's just kind of grungy. And I know I've talked about this book a billion times because I just thought it was so good, but it was You by Carolyn Kepnes. Yes. Yes. But it's, I mean, it's a male, you know, protagonist. It's a totally different plot, but just that atmosphere where it's gross. And that one's interesting because it's written from the perspective of the bad guy. Mm -hmm. Like, he and actually they're making it into a series on Lifetime. So yes. this yeah, is another are. one that will be on TV. Yeah. Uh, so our main character Joe is a psychopath. Yeah. He's in the wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like he's the bad guy, but he's the one talking through it and you're just like, "Okay. Yeah." <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Definitely. That guy deserves to be locked in the basement of the bookstore you work in. Yeah. Well, right, you kind of get into his head and feel like, yeah, that's justified. Right. It's not. No, it's not. Like, I know. But you're like, oh, yeah, she's totally crazy. Why are you so into her? She's yeah. nuts. <laughs> and you're stalking her. That's cool. But it makes perfect sense. Because <laughs> she talked to you one time. Yeah. Your best friends. At the bookstore. No, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, the the writing style is wonderful, mm-hmm. and uh, there is a sequel called Hidden Bodies. Yeah, but <laughs> I never read it. I wasn't a fan of that. I That's liked I it. It's, like, a complete change of scene. Completely like, literally different. takes place on the other side of the country. Um, but it's the same characters. Just, I liked it for the wrap-up. It wasn't necessary. Like, you would have been fine with you as a standalone novel. Yeah. I liked it for the second opportunity for Santino Fontana to read the audiobook. Bless. Um, the audio of, of both of these Carolyn Kepnes books are fantastic. Um, he does a great job at sounding creepy. Yeah. But in, like, a charming way. Sure. No, I get it. You recognize his voice from Frozen. Yeah. Where he also <laughs> plays the bad guy. Oh, yeah, Prince yeah. Hans. Prince Hans. Um, and, and he was on the first season and plus of, of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And I saw him on Broadway in Cinderella. Broadway. And he was recently on, in Hello, Dolly. He's very talented. Yeah. I follow him on Instagram. Multi-talented. <laughs> <laughs> um, just went on vacation. No, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, know that. Just the, I'm yeah. sounding like Joe. So it's creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that just creepy vibe. Um, something else I wanted to recommend because it's kind of the unreliable narrator which I feel like we get in a lot of these suspense thriller books where you don't really know who's telling the truth or like how much we can trust the perspective of our main characters um, would be B.A. Paris, The Breakdown Mm -hmm. from last summer I believe Uh, they do have a new book that came out this year um, Bring Me Back But I wanted to specifically call out The Breakdown um, because that book was really interesting because you can't tell if the main character is forgetful, if her memory, you know, has issues. Um, 
you know, it's kind of a genetic thing where I think her mother had memory problems. Mm -hmm. I think so, yeah. And so she's kind of wondering, um, you know, am I going to take after my mom? Am I going to, you know, have early onset dementia? Can I trust what's happening? Um, And that that was a really interesting one where you're not sure if she's losing her mind or if people are really, you know, messing with her. Um, And again, that that does kind of go a little bit back and forth with just, again, the family dynamic. Um, And in that one, I know her her husband kind of plays a key um, part in the the sort of domestic relationship, which is also very trendy. Right. Domestic thriller, kind of all the drama in the household, which I think, you know, Sharp Objects touches on as well because it's her hometown and then in this big, you know, grand house with her family. Agreed. It's just creepy. I did put um, B.A. Paris's recent one, Bring Me Back, on the list. Yes. I was not as much a fan of this one Mm -hmm. as Mm -hmm. um, her previous ones, but it again sort of plays Mm -hmm. um, on the idea of the, like, sister secrets is probably the best way to put it, which I think is a lot of sharp objects as well. Um, And and this one, Bring Me Back, was told from the husband's point of view, Mm -hmm. whereas... Well, I guess it switches but, back and forth, but um, for most of the, it, it's the the husband, which is different from her previous ones, which look at it from the wife. Right. Yeah. We, that one, I, sorry, I just cut you oh, off. Oh, no, no, no. But, I would say, like, I, I agree, and that it also wasn't my favorite. Was no, my favorite. I don't think it was as, um, like, quick-paced. Or or as twisty, maybe. But as it I, is short. I wanted it to be. It is a quick read. I think my problem with it is that she does a lot of telling and not showing. Mm-hmm. Like, at the end of every chapter, I felt like, here, I'm going to sort of vaguely allude. allude to something mm-hmm. and then not really follow through on it. For like, It just... It got very tedious. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of thrillers, obviously. Yeah. And I and so they, they can become predictable. Mm-hmm. So I try really hard to just kind of gloss, not to think too much. And because I don't like I want to be surprised. I want to yeah. have that twisty bit. And if I just spend too much time analyzing, I'm going to take the fun away from myself. That is one where I caught the twist. I, I figured it out like 20 pages in, like super fast. And spent the entire book going, I really hope I didn't get this right. (laughs) Because that's way too early for me to like just pick up on it. And I did and I was like, Merp. Yeah. I think part of my and obviously not gonna spoil anything so we can discuss this offline, but um the twist itself, there were elements of it. Like I'm willing to suspend my disbelief for a lot of things. That one, I was like, really? Just, yeah, I was not buying it. That said, maybe you'll love it. Right. Like, I don't want to be like, well, don't no. read it. <laughs> I thought there were really compelling elements. Yes. I just didn't like it as much as I liked previous. And Correct. I think it's honestly really hard to top behind closed doors. It um, is. That yeah. book was so good and tense and just compelling and unique I felt like in the the twist um that some of these thrillers aren't because like you said you can kind of guess where they're headed if we want to talk a good twist but yes. without saying anything about the twist at all say it we got to <laughs> talk sometimes I lie I was just <laughs> uh, yeah uh by Alice Feeney 
Um, amazing. Just a bunch of us, they sent us up some advanced copies, and I've never seen a book move so fast through the office. And, yeah, I borrowed your copy, Emma, and had it back to you in, like, 48 hours, maybe. Yeah. Because you just start it and mm, just go, 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 go. Keep going. Yeah. So the main character is in a coma, and she can't remember how she got there. But she is cognizant of what's go. She's, you know, in a coma but awake. So she knows what's going on around her. And so you go back and forth from her being in, in this hospital room trying to figure out what her, what you know, what's going on with her life right now and who's coming in and who's talking to her. And then we're shooting back and forth to the past. And it's it's bonkers. Well, and that, I feel like even the, the book description doesn't really do it justice because there is a huge emphasis on this woman in a coma um, and they do kind of mention her husband and, and how that relationship might be a bit strained. I think the exact kind of pull quote is my husband doesn't love me anymore um, and I kind of feel like that isn't even really the full scope of the book. It's like not. that's a very small part of the plot and then there's so many twists. This is a big one to you know harken back to family relationships and all there's a lot of layers yeah. and there's a lot of people. And yeah, if you just read the back or the little blurb, you're not just figure it's strictly a marriage thriller, but it's so much bigger. It's definitely family. We're definitely going back a long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to talk too much about it because it's so easy to spoil. But good news. So if you like uh, Sometimes I Lie... I'm fairly positive Alice Feeney has another book coming out next year. Oh, good. Um, although I've seen different titles for her next book, although that might be because of the U.K. versus U.S. rights. But keep an eye out for Alice Feeney. Um, I feel like she's going to be kind of a hot author in this sort of vein. Lots of twists. And I feel like because we all read a lot of thrillers, again, it's really hard to kind of really shock me and this book did that many times agreed me too like constantly (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah definitely Um, Um, any other oh well I don't want to just keep babbling but I do want to mention they have like 20 more books guys okay I've got two more (laughs) and then I know Megan's got some more recommendations Um, I wanted to recommend Uh, Mine by J.L. Butler. Although I have not read this book, to be fair, it's on my to-read list. Um, This is, again, a psychological kind of suspense book. Um, It follows a young divorce lawyer um, who becomes the main suspect in um, the disappearance of her... I don't know what the right word is. Her... What is the right... Affair? Her lover... Her, she's the mistress. I'm babbling. I need more coffee. <laughs> um, she becomes the main suspect in the disappearance of this guy's wife. Um, and it just sounds creepy. It kind of reminded me when I was reading the description and reading reviews of this book, again, about things like you, um, where that's just kind of that obsession-y, creepy, tense vibe, um, which I know I enjoy in these kind of books. For sure. Megan? 
Yeah. <laughs> Hit me with those recommendations. With those at recs. Um, so I have, a, as mentioned, a ton. Um, and I don't know if there's any good way to, like, categorize. I wanted to pull a couple of things that were a little bit older. I mean, I've got a lot of stuff that's that's now. Um, and by little bit, I mean, like, a year. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a little off it's not exactly they don't really have the family dynamic but i want to call out final girls by riley sager yes i don't know if i've it's been a while since i've been on the podcast i was trying to remember like don't talk about things i've talked about before so i if i have talked about this one already i'm sorry um but it is a book about several women who were all the last survivor in several, like, mass murders. So, and they've formed kind of a club of sorts. They're the final girl. So Mm -hmm. think, like, any slasher movie from, like, the 80s, 90s. Like, this is the person that's still alive at the end of the sleepover. The one who's still at the summer camp. And they have kind of, they kind of bond. And because these all took place relatively close together, the media kind of put them together. It was just, like, these... Women are the final girls. And they all kind of, they have their moment in the sun and, so to speak, it's not really something notoriety that people would really want to have, right. but they um, they're kind of go about their lives, things are thingy, and then a few go on a little bit and stuff starts happening again. So they kind of have to the remaining ones have to kind of reband and try to figure out what happened it's happening now and kind of see how that ties into what happened to all of them independently years before and uh it's one that i i gave to my brother who's not much of a reader uh and he devoured it so if it's one of those like oh if i can get him to read this book people will like it but see i think that reminds me of um Dark Places. Yes. It does. By, yeah, I was gonna, I was yeah. gonna by Gillian Flynn, uh, you know, the same author. So that to me reminds me of that book. Um, you know, where she the main character Libby, um kind of was the only survivor of this murder of her mother and sisters. So again, that kind of what do you do in the aftermath of something really heinous? And I have several more books on that front. Ooh, keep, Yay. keep it coming. Keep so if we want to keep like keep this particular thing going, I know I've talked about this book, and I know he's been on the podcast. I'm not going to spend too much talking about uh, Mr. Tender's Girl. Yes, by uh, Carter Wilson, and uh, who we actually both met at ALA Midwinter mm-hmm. way back when, a few months ago. Uh, <laughs> Winter. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so it was back in February, I think. Yes, 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 so long ago now. Uh, So this, again, for people who listen to the podcast a lot, it's going to be a rehash, but it is the story, it's a book inspired by the Slenderman uh, attack. And uh, only this case, the woman who is attacked, or the the time she's a girl, her father is the one who created this cartoon. And he is a bartender kind of a like a hellish bartender and so she's attacked brutally and then moves to america changes her name lives her life runs a coffee shop 
And the, one day she gets this package from you know, Mr. Tender. So it kind of it brings all this back up, and she, again, has to figure out what happened back then, who's trying to get her now, and it's very creepy. I read it last summer as I got an advanced copy, and it's one of those books that, you know, you're reading it, everything's hot outside, but you're cold. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, all the chills, like a finger down your spine, just a real creepy book. It was. Uh, and then I also have... Um, Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore Yep, by Matthew J. Sullivan. So a lot of these ones actually are fathers and daughters. Mm-hmm. It's like Mr. Tender's Girl. It's her, her father is the artist. So Midnight at the Bright Ideas Bookstore, our main character, whose name I really should remember. Uh, <laughs> you read a lot. I read yeah. a lot, and okay. I, read this, I read this a year or two ago. Um, it also works, you know, she works in a bookshop now. And uh, one of her favorite her favorite uh, customers kills himself in the store and leaves all of his worldly possessions to her. And when she, you know, is there to pick up, you know, to help clean out his apartment, whatever, sees these things that harken back and show that he appears to know something about her past, which was when she was very young, her father was accused of being the I think the hammer man something with hammer uh, and uh, and again murdering a bunch of people mm-hmm. while she hid so it's another we're gonna see what happens mm-hmm. and uh, while she tries to figure out what's what the connection is with her life now how this person who she has like a, a passing acquaintance with you 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 get to know the people you see every day at work if you work in a, the service industry, mm-hmm. but he's not necessarily like a friend. Uh, how he knows about her and trying to figure out what exactly happened back then. And my last on this particular thing <laughs> um, is The Marsh King's Daughter by Karen Dion. Okay, I'm just going to say, like, as you're talking, like when you were first talking about, um, I was taking notes, I was, uh, Final Girls, I was like, oh man. Mr. Tender's Girl. And then as you were talking about Mr. Tender's Girl, I was like, Midnight at the Bright Idea. Like, the bookshop. And then as you were talking about that, I was like, Marsh King's Daughter. Same on the same wavelength brain, here. Yes. <laughs> well, and the, the Marsh King's Daughter, again, this is a, a woman who was raised off the grid, mm-hmm. whose father was a crazy person, and tries to just put that, because her father abducted her mother several years before she was born. So he, like, takes her mom away, whatever, and then she is a product of this certainly non-consensual relationship. Mm-hmm. And she manages they get out of it, and she keeps this all under wraps. Nobody knows. Like, her husband doesn't know. She's got a family now. And then she finds out that her father has escaped from prison and killed a few people and appears to be on the hunt for her. So she harkens back to her off-the-grid upbringing and just tries to hunt her dad down. And uh, it's very, very good. And it's, yeah, it's it's got a lot of sense of place for a, play, a novel that is inherently about the characters. Mm-hmm. But there's so much of the just survivalist kind of thing to it that that it really is. It's very compelling. Very compelling work. Yeah, it was really good. I think it's one of those things where um, 
you know, with her and then also, like, the boy in room, um, if that's the world you grow up in, you don't really know any different. And that seems normal to you. Right. Which brings me to a nonfiction. I know what you're going to say. I know which one you're going to say. Yeah. You know, believe it or not, (laughs) these are all in no particular order. Mm -hmm. I just have like kind of a crazy serial killer scrawl (laughs) going here. I'm just showing off my list now. Um, I want to talk about Educated by Tara Westover. Because this is a this is a woman who and this is nonfiction. So this is a woman who was raised off the grid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Her her father thought himself a bit of a messiah-esque prophety figure and uh took his family and they are kind of raised raised her and her siblings in i want to say idaho i want to say idaho Uh, and they are so she lives with this kind of larger than life definitely seems mentally ill (laughs) dad a very subservient mother and so this is her writing now. It came out a few months ago, uh, maybe end of last year, beginning of this year. And after she has gotten out of this, she has been fully educated, um, manages to, you know, she's got a, a good life. And she kind of looks back on just the trauma that she suffered at the hands of her family and just kind of wondering how they got to this point, how her mother manages to go along with all of this, mm-hmm. um, the abuse that she suffers at the hands of some of her siblings. And it's um, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it really – so it's, it's very – it's dark. And the fact that it's true makes it that much harder to – to read but her writing style is wonderful and it ultimately is a story of redemption for her even though there's definitely some of her family that's still you know doing their thing Mm -hmm. um so if you kind of get that if you enjoy the kind of off the grid Mm -hmm. just people that are just kind of waiting for the end times um and just it's it's a tough read um but it's it's very good, and again, the writing style is beautiful. She is a very good writer, and just how adjusted she has come after having such a just very 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 unusual upbringing, mm-hmm. a very different upbringing than the vast majority of the people on this planet, and just it's the the abuse is hard to read about. So you know, it was mentioned earlier, like trigger warnings everywhere, especially because this is this is true. So um, and just yeah, the, don't again, don't want to get too deep into it without spoiling everything. Ouch, that's mm-hmm. my knee <laughs> hitting the table. <laughs> um, but it's a it's a very it's a very heavy read, but very good one. Anything right. else? Take or a sip you? of my wine. Well. This doesn't necessarily circle back from uh, educated, but just because I forgot to throw this in earlier, um, I did want to call out, as an author, Megan Abbott, um, similar vibes, a lot of that kind of suspense-y thriller relationship, family drama, um, but specifically I wanted to call out a book from a couple of years ago that she wrote, uh, although she does have a new book that came out this month, July. I think so. Um, uh, her book from, I believe, 2014 is The Fever. And this uh, is a book that kind of 
follows this uh, Nash family. Um, you know, there's an older uh, son and a daughter, and they're kind of your quintessential suburban family. Um, they're tight-knit, and they live in this, you know, nice suburb. Um, and then there's a little bit of a different element here because um, what kind of triggers all of the events of the story is that one of the daughter's friends has an unexplained seizure and so they think that it's a contagion and something's you know in the town or whatever like what's causing um this episode and what's really at the heart of it though is you know family secrets um idyllic suburbs aren't necessarily as idyllic as they seem uh friendships unravel you know just all of that drama uh that i feel like is appealing about these types of books um so yeah i would really recommend the fever and again it's a little bit older so it should be readily available and um you won't have to wait too long hopefully if you're getting it through your library yeah, also for fans of the crucible it has like a oh, Salem yeah. Witch Trials vibe <laughs> really nice. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's taking me back yeah. to the high school college days. I'm like, wait, what happened in the Crucible? Arthur Miller deep cut right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, wanted to throw out this, my last recommendation. Um, and this one was obviously a big release of 2017. was Paula Hawkins' follow-up to The Girl on the Train, um, Into the Water. And I think that again ties on sort of mother daughter relationships you know sister relationships um but then also is really you know female centric um in its kind of secrets that also kind of takes place in one town where you have different the different generations of women and their problems um and so that was a, a pretty compelling read that while set in england isn't quite that same kind of middle America vibe, but has a lot of similar tones. I can't let this podcast <laughs> slip by without mentioning Good Me, Bad Me by Allie Land. Mm, which, I haven't even heard of this. All right. Yeah, I was like, given the looks I'm getting, I've nobody. seen seen it. Okay. So it. <laughs> it is a book about a it's girl. A it's a book. <laughs> it's got some words in it uh, about a young girl whose mother is a serial killer. I was about to take a drink of coffee and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That out. Um, so yeah. she is 15, 16. She's young and her mom abducts and kills children. That's what? Super so creepy. at a certain point, she just like uh, the main character, Millie, decides that she can't she can't live with this anymore that like her mom is you know, taking kids down to the basement and doing bad things to them. So she turns her mom in. And uh, so the book opens with her in foster care and trying to come to terms with her life and the fact that she's about to be the star witness for her mother's trial. And so it's another one where we kind of have the the flashbacks, but we um, kind of see her struggles and trying to adjust to a normal family because mm-hmm. she's, you know, she's living in this house with a, you know, mom, dad, kids, just trying to be a normal human and dealing with the fact that she had all this trauma and trying to be good Mm -hmm. because she often is tempted to be bad. Well, when you grow up 
with a creepy mom. And yeah. it's just it's it's ma it's bad bombs. Yeah. <laughs> it's unreliable narrator. You spend the book kind of going like, huh? But and I read it I think it came out I think one came out this year. I read it a few months ago. Uh, but it was just it was it's dark. It's not it's not as violent as say like a Karen Slaughter, but mm-hmm. I mean definitely like there's a Graphic. lot of kids. Yeah. And a lot of so it was just it's real creepy. And I think it's her first novel. Um, so it's uh I expect good things in the future, but it was just it's real, real dark. I just checked it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Came out last year. Okay. I read it this year. No, yeah. So <laughs> that I just know when I read things. So no, it's just it's very and and to have a female serial killer. Is not something that you have very often. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a new one. Interesting. And I want to throw in another non-fic for fans of serial killers. Got to talk about I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara, Mm -hmm. which is like the serial killer book right now. Yep. Um, And it's about the trying to find the Golden State Killer. And uh, unfortunately, at this point, it's a posthumous publish because Michelle... McNamara passed away a year and a half, two years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, But this just woman who is really into true crime, who in her spare time in just is investigating all of these different rapes and murders in California. And she was one of the first people to actually connect things that were going on in Southern California with Northern California. And these all took place in like the seventies, eighties. And then he went quiet for a while. And it's just a woman who the the author is a, just was, was a true crime junkie. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of like the, she sets the tone pretty much with like, I'm obsessed with all of this, like true crime, all of the, and then just kind of the network of people that exist on the internet Mm -hmm. that are like, part-time amateur mm-hmm. sleuths and the crazy thing is like for those who've been paying attention to the news in the last few months like they caught him yep. yeah and this helped so it's just for people that kind of like the the true crime the serial like this is a must yeah a must read this is fun fact i mean not really a fun fact um the guy that they arrested uh is in well, not the same area, but my family lives, I would say, within 30 minutes of the town that this guy lived in. Um, so this was a, this was a huge book kind of that got bandied about in local news. My parents told me about that. They still live in Northern California. Um, and so, yeah, this book came up a lot in just kind of awareness and kind of getting people to look at this case with a different mm-hmm. you know, point of view and kind of revisit things that have maybe been sitting um, dormant, you know, for years and years and years. So, that's nuts. And creepy. Oh, yep, just confirmed. Gillian Flynn actually writes the introduction. Ah. Oh, see. And circle it all back. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Full circle. It plays. Full circle. It plays. Any last ones, or is that it? I mean, I have a bunch more, but I think we can just let them be. Okay. I'm sure we'll do another one of yeah. these. Yeah, uh, you know, email if you want more. Yep. Let yes. us contact us on Instagram. Tweet at Pro Book Nerds. Yeah. Look at you. And Adam and Jill will uh, hook we you will. up. Yeah. We will. So um, thanks, everyone. Hope you found some good reads. Um, and thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.
Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So, come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app!